glad you've been with us, and I hope you've enjoyed this journey through 1 Peter. So we're in 1 Peter chapter 5. Let's take a look at those final verses, this exhortation, this admonition that Peter brings to us as it pertains to our faith and as we walk with Jesus Christ. So here's what Peter says. Peter says, with the help of Silas, whom I regard as a faithful, faithful brother, I have written to you briefly, encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you her greetings, and so does my son Mark. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. Here ends the reading. The final reading of 1 Peter in our series. Well, as we come to the end of 1 Peter here, this last message, and these last few verses that Peter pens, uh, we come to this phrase there in verse 12 that says this, Stand fast in it. Let me just read that once again. Peter says, I have written you briefly in order to encourage you and to testify uh, that this is the true grace of God. And he says, and based on my writings, he says, I want you to stand fast in it. All right, stand fast in it. Now, as we look at that particular last phrase there, stand fast in it, uh, one of the questions that may be popping into your mind is the question, what is the it? Okay, we are to stand fast in it. Okay, you saw that in verse 12, stand fast in it. So we want to ask the question, what is the it? What is the it? Well, the it, Peter says, is the teaching that has been shared with his readers, and especially here First Peter. So when he talks about standing firm in the it, what he is talking about, the it, is all the teaching that he had in the previous chapters. Okay, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, 4, and chapter 5 here. That is the it, the teaching that he presented, the teaching that he shared with the believers. That is the it. And his admonition as he departs, as he signs off on this letter, his admonition is this. Believers in Jesus, I want you to stand firm in it, okay? Stand firm in the teaching that I have shared with you in the other chapters, okay? Stand firm in it. Well, let's define the it even more, okay? We know now that it's the teaching, Okay, it's the instruction that Peter has shared with us in the previous chapters. Let's pull out some of the it's that is going to help us as we depart this morning, okay? As we leave behind 1 Peter. Uh, what are some of those it's that we can share? Well, here's what we're going to do. The first it that I want to share with you, and if you have a bulletin, I ask you, to, I want to invite you to take your bulletin. There's an outline there. And the reason I want you to look at the outline here is because what we're going to do is we're going to jump to uh, line item number four, if you will, okay? The, and this is going to be the first it, all right? So I should have probably put four first, but this is one of these things as you kind of meditate on what you've uh, written and studied, you know, as you make the preparations to share it with you, uh, at least as a pastor, uh, I, I realize, you know, i got to make a change here, Okay? So we're making a change this morning, and we're going to go start, first of all, with uh, number four in the outline there. So our admonition, the exhortation Peter brings, is to stand firm in it. So we're going to define the it here. 
Here's what it is. Stand firm in your reality. So we're looking at number four there in your outline. Stand firm in your reality. Okay. In chapter 3 of 1 Peter and through chapter 5, Peter makes it very clear that we are all in a spiritual battle, okay? We are engaged in spiritual warfare. And that is our reality as a follower of Jesus Christ. Our reality is we're engaged in a battle. And if you look like at chapter 3 and so forth, you don't need to turn there at this point, but uh, if you look at chapter 3, we are, we are told that we as believers will probably suffer. Okay, I wish that was not the case, but we as believers are going to suffer. And he gives some examples. He says, somebody's going to speak maliciously about you. And because of that malicious talk, we will suffer. Okay, we're in a spiritual battle. Um, and also, it'll say, uh, at times, uh, we will suffer because for, for no reason. We did good, okay? We did our best and we did good, but for whoever it is, they don't think it's good enough. And so they come after you, and they criticize you, and you begin to suffer, okay? So your reality is you're going to experience some turmoil, some difficulty in your Christian life. And not only that, all of us are, what, sinners, right? We're sinners. We're not perfect. We fall short. And because we are sinners, we make choices. And sometimes those choices do not line up with the will of God, and therefore we must experience the consequences of that bad decision. See, that's all part of our warfare. So the reality here, Peter says, is that you are in a spiritual battle. And last week, when we were in chapter 5, we talked about how we are exhorted to uh, uh, be self-controlled and alert because our enemy, who is our enemy? Help me out here. Satan, the devil, he's on a prowl looking for someone to devour. So, our present reality is not only are we going to suffer because of various things that oftentimes are beyond our control, we have a being out there called Satan who is on the prowl trying to mess our lives up. So the first reality, or excuse me, the first it when it comes to Peter's teaching is that we have a reality, okay? And we need to stand firm and we need to understand that this present reality that we have is one of spiritual battle. We are at war, okay? It's not going to be an easy walk in the park when it comes to following Jesus. And so Peter says, you know, I just want you to understand that. Come to that realization that you are in a battle. Things will be difficult at times, okay? But don't lose heart, okay? God has said that he has overcome those battles and the, he's overcome the world that we are fighting against. So number one, the first it, well, I shouldn't say number one, number four, okay, the first it, if you're looking at the outline there is, uh, stand firm in your reality. And the reality is this, you are in a spiritual battle, okay? You will experience suffering and you will experience attacks from the evil one. Now, here are some of the, so now we're going to go back to number one. Okay, in our outline, and uh, we're going to look at three other things that we need to stand firm in. Um, and these, uh, as we leave behind the idea of a spiritual battle, okay, being attacked and suffering, 
uh, the enemy is going to attack you in some different ways. And here we're going to look at a couple of things where we need to stand firm in it in order to fight this spiritual battle and to fight Satan. So now back to number one. So Peter says, stand firm in it. And here's number one. Stand firm in your security. Okay? When you are being bombarded by Satan and his schemes and his fiery darts, whatever that may be, and you are experiencing some difficulty in your life, uh, whether it be because of sin or, you know, just because you are, uh, you're being attacked, Peter says, I want you to stand firm in your security. Okay, and that's coming from chapter 1 of 1 Peter. Stand firm in your security. And your security is stated in 1 Peter, verse 3 uh, through 5. And here's what it says. Listen to your security. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us a new birth, into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you will receive an inheritance Okay, that's your security. If you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are going to receive an inheritance, okay? A guarantee, if you will. And Peter goes on to say that this guarantee, this inheritance that you will receive will never spoil, perish, or fade, okay? Your investment in Jesus Christ by or through faith will continue to rise in its value, all right? Kind of talking some banking terms. Maybe I'm not doing too good here, but the investment in Jesus Christ by faith will continue to rise in value, all right? And Peter says, that is the it I want you to stand firm in. When Satan comes after you and when you're experiencing difficulty in your life, he says, stand firm in your security. You have received an inheritance because of your faith in Jesus Christ, and that will not spoil, that will not fade. And I, and I believe God says it will not ever be taken from you. So you have a security there. And that is the security that we stand in as we do battle with the evil one and the difficulties that this world throws at us. So number one, stand firm in your security. Secondly, moving on to number two. Peter says, I want you to stand fast or stand firm in it. And here's the second it. Stand firm in your identity. Your identity. Often we seek to establish our identity through outward means. For example, we find our identity in what we do or we find our identity in what we know. Or we find our identity in the possessions that we acquire. Okay? We permit those outward achievements to dictate our identity. 
But there's a frustration. Someone or something is always changing the identity standard. Okay? For example, my identity is that of a football player. But because of a concussion, I can no longer play contact sports. Then the question becomes, now who am I? You may say, well, my identity used to be that of a mother, but now I'm an empty nester. My identity used to be that of a mom, now it's not. Who am I? My identity used to be that of my good looks. Now I have wrinkles and I have saggy skin, okay? That's not my identity. Who am I? Okay, those are the outward, the outward uh, things or outward means that oftentimes we find our identity from. And the frustration is the standard is always changing. Okay, when you get older, it used to only be a few wrinkles. You know, I fall out of that category, man. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Here, let me share a, an illustration, kind of a story with you that ties into this idea of finding identity from the outward. Here's what it says. It's no exaggeration to say we've become a selfie-obsessed culture with some damaging side effects. Okay, you know you know the selfie stuff, right? Okay. Plastic surgeons in the United States have seen a surge in demand for procedures ranging from eyelid lifts to rhinoplasty, popularly known as a nose job, from patients seeking to improve their image in selfies on social media. A poll that was taken by the American Academy of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery, okay, this particular academy did a poll, and they polled 2,700 members of this particular academy, and it showed through this poll that there is a one in three, or excuse me, these individuals have seen a one in three increase uh, in requests for procedures due to patients being more aware of their image in social media. So in other words, you know, one in three people that come to these uh, uh, surgeons for, you know, plastic surgery, one in three of them are coming because they want to alter themselves so that their image is better on social media. A plastic surgeon from Manhattan said, they come in with their iPhones and show me pictures. Selfies are just getting to be crazy, he says. So, okay, we're talking about identity. And as you can see, people try to find their identity from outward means. And that doesn't work. Now, the frustration, as I mentioned most mentioned moments ago about finding our identity from outward means is somebody's always changing the, the standard or something changes the standard and then we fall short and we don't you know and then our identity is crashes um, you need an identity therefore you need an identity that does not change you need an identity that you can bank on that will always be true well, here's the good news for you. God's word 
never changes. Okay? Here's what God thinks of you. Here's your identity. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 declare this truth. Here's the truth. Here's who you are. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Outward means the standard changes all the time. We need to get back to something that is rock solid and will not fade, spoil, or change, and that is God's word. And what is your identity? What does God say? Who does God say you are? You're chosen, okay? You're royalty. You are a people that belong to God. And Peter says, when you face difficulty in this life and you're being challenged, he says, stand firm in it. And what is the it? Your identity. It's in Christ. Number three. Thirdly, stand firm in your responsibility. Stand firm in your responsibility. A reoccurring theme here in 1 Peter is the theme of submission. In chapter 2, the believer is to submit to the governing authorities. Uh, chapter 2 also instructed the believer to submit to his boss. Okay. Um, chapter 3 says that, Wife and husband, you guys are to practice submission towards one another. And the reason for this emphasis on submission, especially in 1 Peter, is because submission is a trademark of the Christian faith. Submission is the trademark of Christian faith. Look at Philippians chapter 2 here with me, and we're going to look at verses 3 and 4. And I believe Philippians 2 here brings a wonderful, what we'll call it a definition of being submissive to one another. Follow along as I read it. What is submission? Here's what Paul says in Philippians. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not only look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Stand firm in your responsibility. And, Paul, and Peter says responsibility is submitting to one another. So Peter's admonition as he begins to bring his letter to a conclusion is to stand fast in it. What is the it? Well, Peter says, first of all, stand firm in, the, in your reality. And your reality is one of warfare. I wish we could change that. I wish we could do something about that. But because you belong to Jesus Christ, you are a marked individual. 
But Peter says, stand firm, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So stand firm. And then we further define the it of Peter's teaching as this, stand firm in your security. And of course, that was referring to the gospel. One of the main tactics of the evil one is to have you doubt your salvation. Am I really a follower of Christ? Man, I sure don't feel like it. Don't base it on the feeling, okay? Base it on the truth. And what is the truth? You have an inheritance for you that will never fade, spoil, or uh, there was another word. I can't remember it. But you know what I'm saying. That's where we bank. That's where we focus, okay, our security. Number three here is, or two, is identity in Christ. So when you uh, are struggling, remember your identity. And that was fun too, wasn't it? We are royalty. Remember that? We are chosen by God. We are a people that belongs to God. Okay? You've heard that phrase, and I hope I'm not, now, who's your daddy? You know, right? Hey, I belong to God, all right? Okay? I belong to God. That's who I belong to. That's my identity. And then lastly, we talked about our responsibility. One of submission, you know, it basically submission is serving one another. Serving one another. And Peter says, stand firm in that. Stand firm in it. Stand firm in it. Where do you need encouragement this morning? Is it your security? Your salvation is secure. Is it in your identity? Don't focus on the outward. Focus on what is solid and true. You're a royal, you're royalty, you're chosen. Also, maybe you need to focus on your submission. Consider others better than yourself. Serve one another. That's what Peter says. He says, stand firm in it. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, help us to stand firm in it. Lord, we talked about some of the teachings here from 1 Peter. Lord, help us stand firm in that truth regarding our security. Help us stand firm in that truth regarding our identity. We are a chosen people. We belong to God. Lord, help us stand firm in our identity. We are to serve one another. And Lord, walk with us as we stand firm and do hand-to-hand combat with the evil one. Lord, help us stand firm because we know that greater is he who's in us than he who is in this world. We thank you and we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.